revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Welcome to Medicine on Call, where it's all about living in the solutions. Today I have an important show on and a very special guest, Ms. Theodora Scarato. Um, she's the Executive Director of the Environmental Health Trust Programs and coordinates scientific programs in the U.S. and internationally with EHT's Senior Science Advisors. She's a lead policy analyst and researcher for EHT Database on International Actions, the most comprehensive collection of information on policy actions on cell phones and wireless. She previously worked with EHT as Director of Educational Resources and Public Affairs, developing educational resources for communities and governments. She's co-founded several organizations, both locally and nationally, that address environmental health and safety concerns. As a practicing clinical psychotherapist, her two decades of work with children and adolescents includes directing an intensive special education therapy program in Montgomery County Schools and working as a psychotherapist at an ADHD clinic. Her research interests include not only the effects from radiation exposures, but also the social and emotional effects of technology overuse. And today I'm really blessed to have you on my show, Ms. Scorado, because we're now getting this major push for 5G. Every time you turn on the TV, there seems to be you know, the wireless, you know, the, the, the cell phone companies touting how awesome 5G is. And I've been reading that there's a lot of things out there and, and governments, countries who are not allowing 5G to enter. So if we can, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Let's start off with the basics. What's the difference between 5G and 4G? Well, 5G is the fifth generation wireless which is going to be more and an additional piece. So more of what we have in terms of phones connecting to your dishwasher, your uh, home security system, uh, your washing machine, your air conditioner, but also machine-to-machine connections, which we can only envision in our dreams, like self-driving cars um, and various other See, you know, actually, some of them are sort of brilliant ideas if they weren't so harmful, ways to connect when you're in a parking lot so that you know where the spot is. Mm-hmm. Um, but smart cities, there are so many new, it's billions of wireless connections that are being envisioned. And all of these devices and machines will be connecting with each other. And that will be signals moving through the air. And those signals um, are wireless connections, which are uh, part of 5G. However, in order to put this network together, there needs to be literally hundreds of thousands of new wireless antennas placed in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in front of homes, in front of schools. And I've noticed that that's, that's the huge difference, right? There's the, the proximity. They need to be a lot closer to each other. So it really becomes, you know, you, you might drive on a highway and see a, a wireless, you know, tower, but it's kind of removed from everybody. That's not what you're describing. You're describing, like, you know, I wouldn't say feet, but there's a network. So Yes, feet. Feet? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even think some, it was that close. In some places, yeah, 
No, in some places they have antennas as close as 10 feet to homes. Oh, my gosh. So um, I was just in San Francisco, and there was a small cell that was put up, and it was feet from the window of the hotel where I was. That's it's these are small they call them small cells that's an industry created word and and they um are literally going to be in the rights of way so if you're in like a single family home and you look outside that strip that's right along the street is a right of way and that is where I there need to be apparently eight hundred thousand in the next few years according to the FCC small cells so antenna sites. Has there been any studies on safety with the new, more powerful, um, you know, radio frequency? It's a, it's an it's a radio frequency wave, right? I'm sorry, what, I'm just trying to figure out what's the energy source again. What? Yeah. What? What is it? Well, that, that's a really good question, and, and I should start there. So, um, 5G is actually the network is going to rely on 4G as well, and they're putting in a lot of antennas, which are, are 4G. They're densifying, you know, putting in hundreds of thousands of more 4G as well as the 5G, which if it's not in now, they're going to put these antennas on top. And that will be radio frequency radiation, mm-hmm. but also frequencies that we've never used before that are higher, um, which are sub-millimeter and millimeter waves. And every carrier is doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's changing all the time, but there have not been, there were not pre-market safety testing on the current wireless technologies mm-hmm. that we have for long-term safety in children and, and adults. And now with 5G, we have zero uh, long-term safety tests that have been done. And uh, Senator Blumenthal said, as he said, in a Senate hearing, we are flying blind in terms of health and safety with 5G. This doesn't even make sense. I mean, I know that you just mentioned millimeter waves, and that's the same type of energy that's used in these scanners in the airports. And when it initially got deployed, they said there was a 1% chance that people would get cancer from the millimeter wave technology. Now imagine, that's when you only go to the airport and and unfortunately go through one of those things, mm-hmm. if it's deployed outside your home, you don't get the opportunity to get away from it. It is a 24-7 exposure. Is that a good way to think about it? Yes, and it's involuntary. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's research that's looked at small cells being deployed in cities and have found um, a significant increase in the radiation near the antenna. So that would be near your home from these small cells, so we have no choice. We, My kids play outside. They like to climb trees. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this whole area will be covered with this invisible new technology that we didn't ask for, and, and frankly, I don't need any more screen time in my home. Oh, I think a lot of people should be able to say that as well. <laughs> but, I mean... <laughs> I've heard of, I mean, we'll get into the health side of this and then the emotional side in, in our next segments. But mm-hmm. for those, I mean, I've heard of people who are sensitive to electromagnetic radiation. They get headaches. They get problems with memory. I mean, there's a lot of different symptoms that may, difficulty sleeping, right? I mean, 
all these things may be that we think is an expansion of emotional problems may actually be second, you know, um, side effects of radiation exposure, don't you think? Correct. There's a term, uh, microwave sickness, that was coined decades ago in the military using radars. And a lot of those uh, symptoms are being reported today by people who are overexposed to wireless. You know, I, I can't tell you when I do, sometimes I do tables, say, at affairs, and everyone comes up to me and they say, I've got a he- when I put that phone to my head, it gives me a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just needed to keep it away from my head. I just knew there was something going on with that. And this, um, you know, this is one of the, the, I guess, concern is, is actually the incorrect word because it's, it's not strong enough to say how, um, what scientists are saying about their, why they are opposing 5G. And part of that is that there are people who are more sensitive. Also, children's developing brains. Yeah, which we have, yeah, so much research actually showing impacts to brain development, to um, impacts in behavior from overexposure to cell phone radiation, synergies with lead, the toxic metal lead. And so um, this this 5G is going to really be an increase in involuntary 24-7 exposure. Well, I mean, you don't even know what the long-term effects are. I want to explore that children and brain health and development when we come back. Let's take our first break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. If you've tried taking over-the-counter medications but still have problems with nasal congestion, recurrent sinus infections, sinus headaches, or a dry mouth when you wake up in the morning, why not fix the problem? From natural integrative treatment to minimally invasive surgery, Peachtree ENT Center will work with you to find the solution that works best for you. Call 404-591-9100 today to make an appointment or visit us at PeachtreeENTCenter.com because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Are you having problems with persistent bad breath, constant throat clearing, hoarseness, a cough that won't go away, a sore throat, or a feeling that something's always stuck in your throat? Why not find out what the problem is so it can be fixed? At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking time to work with our patients as a team to get to the root of the problem. Make an appointment today to see why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Theodora Scarato, the Executive Director of the Environmental Health Trust. She's a psychotherapist and somebody who can speak with knowledge about the emotional and psychosocial aspects of Wi-Fi and 5G technology and how it's affecting us and what we don't know, that we need to really make, I think, a, a thoughtful and intention, you know, be intentional about whether or not we want to adopt this technology. 
I think it's a problem, quite frankly, that our government is not protecting us. And before we talk about children, I just want to ask this question. How on earth did the cell phone lobby get this in without anybody doing testing, without people having an ability to to work against it or to put their thoughts out there? This It seems like it's one of those, uh, because we say so, <laughs> you know, but it affects everybody. Yeah, I, I have to say I was pretty shocked myself. I thought, of course, if it's if it's if you can buy it, I mean, of course, they checked it for safety mm-hmm. before it came on the market. But it's actually a whole history, um, a really interesting history, and in where the EPA was actually doing there was a robust research program going on in our federal agencies, and. It slowly got defunded, and then in the 90s, when just as cell phones were coming out, the the Telecom Act was being heavily lobbied on the Hill. One of the most, I think it still is the most heavily lobbied bill. It certainly was at that time in the United States. And at, just as the EPA was developing, or at least it stated in many letters, We have many letters saying they were going to be researching it. They're going to be developing safety limits. It was defunded. And the FCC was given authority, and they adopted limits that were literally set by industry-filled groups. And so that is a very short summary of what happened. Wow. And there was never long-term safety studies done at that time so that the FDA said, well, we better have a study. I mean, we've, we're, we're rolling out cell phones. And they embarked on a study in the early 2000s, spent $30 million on it, found clear evidence of cancer. It was just the findings were just released over the last few years. And now the FDA is rejecting those findings and saying they don't agree hmm. with the findings of the study that they recommended be done. How interesting. Is <laughs> any conflict of interest going on there? I wonder. You know, if there's any question, then you redo the study or you don't have the technology deployed until you're absolutely sure. You know, I mean, it's just it's shocking, quite frankly. And the most vulnerable members of our society are the ones that are going to pay the price. Before the break, you were talking about brain development in children. And I know you've seen this, and I've seen this as well, I mean, advertisements where people have little strollers with their infant, with the iPad, little holders for an iPad, so the kid can be looking at that. So there's no parental interaction. It's just the iPad taking care of your child. And just now that you've talked to me about what the consequences are for brain development, it's, I mean, it's shocking, but what's the difference? Why is a child more vulnerable than an adult? Let's start there. Well, their brains are developing. The path, everything is developing in a child. It's such a rapid time of connections being made. Uh, you know, there was a, there's actually a study that just came out, and there's a rich literature on, I'm not even going to talk about radiation for a second, but on um, teenagers showing symptoms that are comparable to drug addiction, except it's about their phone. There was a study that just came out in the Journal of the American Medical Association, a very prestigious journal, about 
and they looked at children three to five years old, and they found that the white matter was shrinking in the brains of children who had the higher screen time. That's three to five years old. And, you know, I never thought I'd see the day, but this is the day where you see little babies with cell phones. Yeah. When you're out to eat or their parents are grocery shopping, this is the norm. This is the new normal. But it's not healthy. So imagine if you don't, your white matter doesn't don't does not develop. What happens down the road? Is that a reason that we're seeing an increase in early onset dementia or anxiety or depression or all ADHD? Is there any? I'm curious. Is there any connection between cell phone use and radiation exposure and ADHD or or um, uh, Asperger's or any of these spectrum disorders? Ah, uh, yes. So there's actually a lot of research that has investigated this in different ways. Does there need to be more? Absolutely. But there's research that looked at um, pregnant women and prenatal and postnatal cell phone use and found the increased use in large large groups of, of, of women and children found an increase in behavioral problems. There's now been three studies uh, that have found increase in behavioral problems. There's there's research that looked at, this was the chief of obstetrics at Yale, Dr. Hugh Taylor, led a research team looking at mice who were pregnant, exposed to cell phone radiation, and found decreased memory and increased hyperactivity. And he says if they were, if mice could have ADHD, that's what they had. Mm. There's research that looked at, um, Children with a higher blood level of lead and cell phone radiation time and found increased ADHD symptomology. And those kids that had both the higher lead levels and the uh, higher cell phone radiation exposure. And then there's research where they took animals, you know, small animals, and they exposed them. They cut open their their brains and they counted brain cells and found these from uh, these, these Turkish lab where they can actually count the cells and they found damaged cells, da damaged brain cells, to put it bluntly. So dam insults that happen when kids and babies are younger have effects that will be much larger later mm -hmm. in life because mm -hmm. you're just changing the whole development and there's so much we actually have a whole section on our website ehtrust.org looking at um, autism and ADHD because some of the some of what you see going on in um, autism brain inflammation are also a process that can be triggered with radiofrequency radiation so there are clinicians who as treatment are using a protocol where they're reducing they're reducing the electromagnetic fields to the children and finding really positive results are you in saying, their patients. I was just at the conference on that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, is it, is it reversing the ADHD symptomology? Well, some um, – I was at an EMF conference in Santa Cruz, California. It's actually the first medical conference of its kind in the United States. And there were several presentations by doctors who are giving case studies where they have um, 
I would have to say some of those examples where, where, where they had a child who had all of these symptoms mm-hmm. when they decreased the electromagnetic field exposure and in many cases also did other interventions like with healthy food, you know, reducing pesticides. Um, and they found that those symptoms then were significantly decreased. Dr. Victoria Dunkley, a psychiatrist, talks about how the screens, the electronic screens, the back and forth of that interactive media is overstimulating to the brain. And it's not just, well, let's just have, let's, let's, let's decrease the screen exposure and just have educational screens. She says it's the screen itself and we need to go on an electronic screen fast for these kids. And she's seen incredible results. Wow, that's incredible. And as a segue, does that also apply to these smart TVs? I mean, because they're basically computer screens as well. Is that also, has that been studied, do you think, or do you know? Well, you know, I don't know what it, it, would a smart TV mean you can touch it and it does things back at you, or does it mean it's a connected TV? It's a connected TV, but they, I think they're, you know, they've, every every generation of TV does a lot of different things. It's acting, interacting with you. Um, I'm Maybe not the TVs, but certainly something that's handheld, I think, would be a, an issue. Uh, but it's basically the screen of a, of a computer that's connected to Wi-Fi, basically is what you're saying. Is that- Well, the, if it's, it, there's several issues with screens. One is the radiation emissions. Mm-hmm that they emit. So I've found with all the new TVs that you go out to buy, you just want to have a TV for your home, Mm -hmm. they come with Wi-Fi. They do. Some of them, it's hard to even turn that off if you don't want that and don't need that, and you can connect it by a wire. Mm -hmm. So that's a significant exposure to you and your family. And then there's also just screen time, which is, even if there were no wireless radiation, is is affecting your brain development, stimulating parts of the brain, um, overstimulating parts of the brain. And then there's elect- then there's interactive screen time where, like video gaming, for example, mm-hmm. where they have shown uh, changes in the brain in, in kids who video game. And this is, and I saw it in my practice. I mean, when I first started working with kids, I... I saw over time kids coming in with addiction to video gaming and issues that are so much more challenging. And screen time was all in, intertwined. Clients who, you know, previously you work with clients they, who are really motivated. They want to work on things. They want to do self-care, you know, go outside, take walks, mm-hmm. read books. And they found themselves being not being able to turn off the Internet because they were just Google searching things so much or getting caught in the Internet, not even be able to come down into their own life. That's so tragic. On that note, let's take our second break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. 
bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Shalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Ms. Theodora Scarato, the Executive Director of the Environmental Health Trust, and people should go to their website, ehtrust.org. There's a wealth of information. There's, I love the fact that there are posters so you can have a shorthand of the major, the major bullet points on uh, 5G and electromagnetic radiation and safety, and it's just really an easy read and something that you can share with your with your friends, with your with the teachers. If I were a parent, I would take this to the school as well. Because we're talking now that when I was in, uh, in school ages ago, there was no computers in school. We did not have laptops. You were writing, highlighting, and doing it the old-fashioned way. But it's like you never get away from computers because the schools are using them. The kids go home and they're on them. It's just you have 24 hours. People are you know, going to bed with them. <laughs> you know, Instead of reading a book, you, you're on your... Your, your cell phone, and there's talk. There's at least I read one article about maybe blindness associated with the eye strain associated with reading your or using your cell phone in the dark. There's all sorts of things from a physical perspective that people, I think they're so caught up, like you described, in just accessing it that they don't think about any of the consequences. Before the break, you were getting into more of the the psychosocial side of this. I know you the gaming and the addiction issue. What about things like anxiety or depression? How is it changing how people or children are interacting with their with their friends? It is not the same, is it? Right. There are there is so much going on right now where where researchers are looking into that, finding more social isolation, the more there is screen use because we think we're connecting on say Instagram or all of these new these new social media um, programs that kids are using, but really they're they're the screen is in between them and the other person and not getting that eye contact, that real deep uh, genuine connections with the tone of your voice and your the way your eyes are looking and your facial expressions, just the screen in between you and the other person. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but kids are interpreting things. There's fights happening and happening online that didn't even, wouldn't have happened if the kids were having a conversation. Or maybe if they were, you wouldn't have the whole world watching it unfold. Sure. And you can never take it down. It used to be on the playground, right? Yeah. Kids, things happen on the playground. They go down. But then there's the next day and the next day. But now it's all on video. 
and it's sort of re-traumatizing. It's, it's just stirring up the dirt over and over again. Just This is like one very actually light example of what's going on. I saw in my practice um, not just cyberbullying, but a lot of sexting and a lot of uh, naked picture situations that kids are not, they're not thinking clearly, mm-hmm. and they do things that aren't the smartest move. And then once again, here it is for all to see. And blackmail. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it myself. I, my jaw would be sometimes be on the ground with what was happening with the teenagers, things that if parents knew what's going on with kids in phones, um, it, it broke my heart. Blackmail. Actually, huh? I, wow. Can you imagine blackmail. that? Between the, kids. Wow. Yeah, like I'll, sh- I, you know, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's bad enough as you're a teenager. Just imagine adding that onto it. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. And then the consequences when you want to get a I job. <laughs> I mean, we're, but that's still when they're I teens. Know. But it just follows you for the rest of your life. All your your employer has to do is do a Google search or whatever, go on Facebook, and see what's been going on. I mean, it's. I don't think that. I mean, even though there's already some brain damage from the exposure, the child's brain is not the most you know organized thing until what you're 23 or 24. So imagine all this going on. I can't even, it's too much. I don't know how kids do it. I really don't. But, you know, it's really up to the parents, isn't it? I mean, children seem to be running their lives all of a sudden, but it really does come down to the parents to say no and not to introduce them. Just because everybody has it doesn't mean you have to do it. That was, you know, my, my mantra or my parents' mantra is if someone did it, do you need to do it too? Do you want to be a leader or a follower? That was the conversation that I had always was the baseline for what my parents told me about growing up. And you really do have to make a decision. And the parent has to lead that. The child can't do it. Now I think I understand all this peer pressure, all the things that go on. It's like a separate life, which I really couldn't understand because it's not my frame of reference. But you really have seen, you're on the front line of dealing with all this stuff. And how do you get them, what's your first step to getting them released from this yoke that they're under? How did they get inside? You know, I think it's uh, it's it's a it is a serious challenge right now because parents feel so overwhelmed by everything in their lives, and there's so the social pressure is stronger. It is so strong for kids to have a phone and to do all these things on the phone. Oh, mm-hmm. if I don't give them a phone, I they're not going to be in you know up with everything that's happening. Or I can't not. I have so many other battles. How do I? You know, how do I have limits on this? And I just want to give permission. Parents need permission to say no and to set limits and to have those really important talks with their kids. There's um, there's a group, Wait Until Eighth, where uh, parents got organized to say, hey, let's have, if everyone in the class signs a pledge to wait until eighth grade, which I don't even, it's certainly not old enough to have a phone in my opinion but Mm -hmm. (laughs) unbelievably 10 is the norm now so (laughs) so it's a it's a great start um that that then there won't be that intense social pressure and i think parents i think it does come down to parents but it also comes down to companies so i kind of want to talk about both because until Mm -hmm. we get companies doing what they need to be doing um parents have a responsibility here and and one thing I say is, who is parenting your kid? Mm-hmm. Because when you when they are on the screen all the time, 
actually it is the companies who are putting out that content. They are, they're giving their value, their, what they want to our children. And our children are soaking it up like sponges, being sold and advertised things and, and not just things, but values, buying things, that it's all about how you look. I've seen kids, in fact, my children, you know, getting this selfie, getting pictures where they could spend an hour trying to get the right picture to go online. That's an hour. They could be playing music mm-hmm. or reading a book or having a conversation. And we need to step back and and rethink the, the inner our interactions with screens and use it as a tool, not having it use us. And and companies that back to companies, they they are designing. This is all by design. They design the way you interact with screens so that you want to come back for more. It's giving you a hit of dopamine every time someone likes a post. All of this is to keep you on the screen, and it is absolutely irresponsible. They don't have morals. Companies don't have a moral compass. So, you know, I. We should demand safer technology, and I mean emotionally safe as well as physically safe technology. I, I so. agree. What can what can we do from a legislative perspective? Because that's been another issue of permission to do whatever. You know what I mean? They they're not protecting mm-hmm. us. The parents are really on the front line with no help. Is there a way that we can start getting? our legislators and putting the holding them to the fire. You're supposed to do one thing, you know, protect us. Mm-hmm. And you've got no skin in the game. It's like you're totally disinterested. How do we get them on board? You know, I think at every level of government, our very local town council and at the federal level, we need to be clarifying with them that they need to do their job. And their job is to protect the public. It's not being done. And Setting up meetings with our elected officials is is critical. Organizing, talking to other parents. I know in our in our community, the parents sort of started out as a random parents concerned about all the screens in the schools, and now there is a whole safe tech group of the PTA completely focused on privacy issues, the radiation issue, the blue light issue, the hey. Research shows that too many screens in schools doesn't even help them learn better. So what are you even doing here? Mm -hmm. And get organized on that. And I have seen amazing results in in California. School districts have to come up with um, rules, policies around cell phones in the classroom. And they cite research showing that cell phones create distractions and actually decrease the ability so it happens, but if you're waiting for someone else to do it, it's not going to happen. It's us. Mm-hmm. We are the ones, you know, who we've been waiting for to fix this. <laughs> and we got to just, <laughs> we got to just get involved, you know, things maybe you never got involved. Maybe you never even went to a council meeting. Maybe you don't even know who your elected officials are. Mm-hmm. So now's the time. It's true. Find out. And... And they they work for us. That's their job. I think we and forget that. And if they're not that. doing it, then vote them out. <laughs> I know. We forget that all the time. It's exactly. like we, you know, it's just some um, 
paternalistic maternalistic um, relationship. They they know what's best for us. Just shut up and take it. You know, I I just it, it makes me cringe, and it's everywhere in our society, whether it's the healthcare system, um, you name it, everything. It's it's coming down from on high, but it affects all of us in very very you know intimate ways. You know how you interact with your children, how you're able to protect yourself. Someone shouldn't take that right from you. We do have the right to protect ourselves and our bodies and our minds, and this is something that potentially has an irreversible impact on all of us. And the fact that we're just supposed to sit here and like it, and and I'm gonna give you, show you the shiny things so that you forget about what's going on. I really don't need to be connected with my car and my my what do you call alarm at home. It's just ridiculous. I mean, who needs this? You, know, you talk to your washing machine and start your crock pot pot or whatever, or turn your station on, you know, do you really need any of this stuff? Can you not get up and do things? <laughs> it's making us real zombies, don't you think? Well, the, the, I mean, we have a page on ehtrust.org of ridiculous Wi-Fi tech. We have <laughs> um, uh, interconnected tampons, um, things <laughs> that minute. tell you when, <laughs> when your baby... <laughs> If your baby uh, is has gone to the bathroom in the diaper, um, uh, you know, are you talking enough words to your child? Um, little, uh, all of these things that are wirelessly connected are actually di- distancing us from our intuition mm-hmm. and from Mother Nature and from the the wisdom that we all have to connect with other people and to the earth. It's like really unbelievable and it's not this is not healthy for humanity to be over relying on technology no we should we should be in charge of and we need to know you know when the baby cries what that means oh there's something that <laughs> can interpret the baby cries i kid you not <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not right it's not you know, right is this it, yeah it's a rattle case for the phone for a baby, so a baby can put the you put the phone in the rattle case, and the baby can suck on it. <laughs> okay, wait a minute, hold on. So there's some sort of sensor <laughs> yeah. within the thing that the baby has in its mouth. It you put yeah, it's like a case, and then you put the phone in it. Oh my god! There's even a iPad potty. It's a <laughs> training potty for you know kids learning to do your basic plastic potty like we all had with our kids thing that holds the iPad in front of it. <laughs> so you can imagine your baby's going to be like, heck yeah, I'm getting on that potty because <laughs> I need my head of dopamine right there. You're making it so then we're, sick. It, it's letting we've, this has exploded because companies are just doing their job. They just want to make money for the shareholders. Yeah. But we, this is not, this is not healthy for people. And, you know, let's look, I want to buy things too, and I want to buy safe technology. Let's let's put pressure on the companies to give us what we want, which is safe and healthy technology that we can do research on things, we can connect with other people in a way that doesn't addict us. Mm-hmm. That's true. We can. I mean, the telephone. Telephone is a critical technology that I'm on right now. I'm on a corded phone, not on a wireless phone. Um, why can't I... Why, when my da- my daughters have, like, a wired phone in their room and they have wired computers, 
why can't they be connecting with other kids who are on wired phones? Instead, they're calling kids who are on cell phones who are then receiving all of that radiation. And Mm -hmm. you can't, it's, it shouldn't be that we're going against the norm. No. We just have to bring, we have to move to the future in a safe way. And other countries are doing it. In Belgium, they've banned cell phones for young children. France, they, France, Belgium, French Polynesia, um, uh, 20 countries clearly say you should reduce exposure. Here's how you should do, here's how you should keep the phone away from your head. Here's how you reduce exposure to, to wireless. Um, So why are we increasing it with 5G? No, I agree. That's an excellent point. And, you know, we're going to take our last break, but I just want to make one observation. Everything you just described is about control, controlling your behavior and having you walk through this narrow pathway of what's considered to be a normal interaction filtered by technology. It's wrong. I mean, what's where's the color in this? Where's the ability to, to be an individual, to go off the grid, so to speak. You don't get to do that in this system. They're watching you 24-7 or something is watching you 24-7, you know, controlling your behavior. You, they know what you want before you want it, and they come out with it. I mean, this is the most ridiculous thing. Why be a parent when all the interaction that you're having with your children is filtered by some piece of technology? You don't even know. I mean, that was one thing. The mother knows their babies cry. They know their the mother. The baby mm-hmm. knows the mother's voice more than anybody. That's gone. Then you have some mm-hmm. automaton. What's the most important mm-hmm. interaction in a child's life? And obviously, the dad is important. I don't mean to say that, but it's from their mom, and you're messing with the mother-child relationship. What kind of children are we making then? <laughs> I think somebody needs to think about that. Let's take our last break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. You're listening to Medicine on Call, where healthcare, business, and current events connect. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're having, I think, a very enlightening conversation with Ms. Theodora Scarato, the Executive Director of the Environmental Health Trust. Again, you should go to their website, ehtrust.org. And, you know, we're talking about the behavioral side of 5G and and wireless, but there's, again, a physical side. You know, if you go on their website, they list um, peer-reviewed research on wireless radiation, damage to sperm, oxidative stress, altered brain development, DNA damage, immune system damage, memory problems, sleep problems, hyperactivity. This is not a joke, folks. You're allowing, you know, I guess... Permissing, it's you're giving permission for all of these things to change you from a physical standpoint, and some of these things are not reversible. You know, I think there's been a real. I just read an article about the the fact that people are having less children, and there's more problems with um, child's not being um, uh, couples not being able to conceive. You wonder with the bathing um, in our whole world of this wireless technology is that contributing well the um doctors who are fertility in fertility clinics um well the cleveland clinic recommends 
reducing not having that phone in your pocket if you want to, you know, father healthy children because there is so much research actually showing changes to the reproductive system, damage to sperm, even a study that looked at erectile dysfunction that found an effect. And, um, you know, when it comes to 5G, which is going to be like everything we have now but on steroids, Mm -hmm. there are literally dozens of cities worldwide that are calling for a moratorium on 5G. I know in Italy, I think there's over 68 cities. They just had a a protest in Rome against 5G. Um, In California, there are cities that have new ordinances banning the small cells in the neighborhoods in front of homes. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, in the UK, everywhere there is an awakening to this issue and people calling for their public officials to protect them. And they're saying, we don't want to roll out 5G until we have documentation that it's safe. Mm -hmm. And, of course, hundreds of scientists who signed on to appeals. I mean, almost every day I'm sending out a new appeal that I've heard about. There was a group of Belgium doctors. I think that was 300. There's the EMF scientists. There's um, Cyprus, uh, Pan-Cypriot. A Cyprus medical organization just came out with a statement on 5G. German doctors just did a whole thing on 5G, a resolution in a protest. So this is happening now. They are, this isn't just um, people. These are clinicians and scientists. That's a lot of folks, and they're just being ignored. But, you know, I, I, what's more, well, I'm going to ask this question. You might know the answer. What's more important, safety or money? And, you know, follow the money. That's my right. mantra. Where's, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> These lobby groups have a lot of money to, to throw around, and between ALEC, the ones that lobby locally in, in state governments, and what's going on on a national level, I'd like to see just as much outcry on the congressional side with this as much as gun control. They don't seem to pay any attention. This is more effect, you know, this is affecting more people than the, the question of the Second Amendment. That's This is bigger. You know, this is something that's affecting... Everybody. And the sad part is you don't even know until it's too late sometimes how it's affecting you. And you talked about men putting the phones in their pocket. What about women putting the phones in their bra? Is that also an issue with breast cancer? Oh, absolutely. And there are case reports, published case reports, that have found young women, I'm talking about as young as 21, developing breast cancer directly under where they stored the phone in their bra. For, for years, uh, kids, girls who had no prior, young women who had no prior uh, history of breast cancer in their family, no risk factors, and it is an unusual type of tumor, multifocal tumor, not the kind that the breast cancer surgeons usually see. And so there are several breast cancers who are saying, keep the phone out of the, the bra and it's Now, here's the catch. Not only are there these connections to the breast cancer developing under where the bra and the um, phone antennas are, but also it actually says in the phone, in the manual, in the instructions, phone should not be touching your body because they are not radiation tested in positions close to the body. Like like how we use phones today, uh, resting on our abdomen watching a video mm-hmm. or tucked in the spandex pants or in the pocket. Those are actually not positions that when phones come to market, they're tested in for 
compliance with our radiation limits. They're tested with a distance. Bones are tested at a distance from the body. <laughs> we already have limits that don't protect us. They're outdated and non-protective. But when phones are tested touching the body, mm-hmm. like in the phone, in a pocket, some people put it in a sock, um, actually they do, it's a way to store it and bring it around, then they actually exceed our FCC government limits. Wow. That's amazing. You don't even think they have these holsters that they give you so you can put the phone in the holster, uh-huh. so that's also an issue. So is using a Bluetooth headset, is that, is that worth it to keep it away from you? Does that protect you in any way? Well, w- the problem with, with that is that that is another source of radiation which is going right into your ear. It's less, it's less power than the phone itself. Mm-hmm. But it's still, like, a lot of people will put a Bluetooth on, and then they'll have a phone and rest that phone on their lap. Mm. So then you've got the radiation going to and from the phone to the cell tower, Bluetooth radiation going from the device in your ear to the phone, and it still is actually being absorbed into your your body right around wherever that Bluetooth is. So we do not recommend Bluetooth. Instead, keeping the phone at a distance and on airplane, I mean on um uh, and speakerphone. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's still it, the the reality is that you're still getting exposure, and you're also contributing to like the exposure from the towers back and forth from the towers. So, reducing your overall uh, cell phone use is, is actually really important. And using wired connections when possible, a wired phone, you know, um, instead of FaceTiming, which is like video and moving video on phones is actually uh, more radiation. So instead, text, but with kids doing how many, 300 texts a day, <laughs> that actually doesn't end up being, <laughs> being too low. So <laughs> we have to rethink technology, really. Um, but keep the phone off the body. Don't sleep with your phone by your head, on your abdomen. If you have things you want to do, like listen to a podcast, have it downloaded first, then turn it on airplane mode and, and listen to pre-downloaded uh, content rather than always streaming. Um, so there are a lot of things you do to reduce your exposure to your phone, actually. But uh, the reality is we need to also have companies start to look at what, how do we make technology safer mm-hmm. so we can... We can have our connections, but not always have to be having high radiation levels. Excellent point. You know, I want to thank you. This 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 hour ends us so quickly. I've just learned a, a great deal, and I really thank you so much for your time. I want you to come back on if you'd be so kind, because we we want to discuss in more detail what we can do to protect ourselves. I think we know the problem. Now it's about the solution, and you gave us a, a little tease about what we can do to be more mindful and to take our power back and protect ourselves until we can force people <laughs> to protect us. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and please go to our, our website at ehtrust.org to learn more. And I would I would love to talk more about, about what we can do to protect ourselves. Thank you so That's much. Great. I can't wait to have you back on. I thank you so much for your time. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Medicine on Call. Have a great day. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. 
promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.